It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this second day of July 2014. We're coming up on the fourth here. So I want you all to be careful out there on the road. Uh, Keep an extra eye out. Drive defensively for sure. We're here today with our our, our co-host. Well, no, today we're doing a Masser Hour. Uh, We're here with Jay Masser on the Masser Hour. And a stretcher technician. He's from Arkansas down there. And uh, let me give you our call-in number. It's uh, 347-237-4819. Now, this call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. So sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, we at least we hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to call in. How are you doing today, John? Oh, I'm hot and sticky and muggy, but I'm okay. Well, that was good. Uh, I know you just took a trip back east there uh, to Washington and uh, uh, got to go to some museums and what have you. You didn't get to see the the big O uh, back there, did you? No, we didn't get close to that. They was they cut us off at the pass. Oh, uh, well, doggone it! Uh, too bad you didn't get to meet up with him. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he was in town or not. To tell you the truth. Well, he 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 may not be. He's probably out playing golf somewhere. No, they had. They were moving probably that prisoner or something there in time because they had a lot of security out and a lot of activity going on. So. Yeah, is that D- Washington, D.C. there took him? I guess so, yeah. That's what they, that's the, that's the rumors anyways that they took him to D.C. Yeah, well, that'll be a deal. Yeah, it was a good trip. It was a good experience. Okay. A lot of history. Yes, a lot of history. Uh, People don't realize how important history is. I I think as you get older, you you realize more how uh, how important history really is. Uh, Even the history of our own country, even though we're only 200 years old or thereabouts, uh, still, for a young country, we do have a lot of history. And uh, uh, it, it, it's quite something. Uh, a lot of people out there have lived to see travel from the covered wagon up to the modern automobile, and and I I find that really fascinating. Uh, well, horses was a General Motor transportation back in the day, and. I believe one of these days it'll be again. <laughs> uh, very well could. You know, if I had the place out and was younger, I, I would certainly have a horse in the corral, at least a plow horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to break plow horses, and, and boy, that was an exciting time. <laughs> but, uh, 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 yeah, I... I think a horse or a mule is worth having if you're out in the country. Uh, <clears throat> got some uh, got some news, I guess, there in this week that the uh, president is uh, named Bob McDonald as the new secretary for the VA. Uh, Bob's a West Point graduate. He was the CEO of Procter & Gamble, and uh, folks, Procter & Gamble is a big, big, big company. 
that are kind of manufactured. They make everything from laundry detergent to to car wax. And uh, so hopefully he'll be able to use his uh, business skills and things like that to help turn the VA around because it's it's struggling right now. It needs to be fixed. You know, I'm wishing him all the best, and, and uh, I hope he grabs the bull by the horn and takes control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we don't know what type of free hand he has to work with. I think many times they're restricted, but he he's certainly going to have to revamp the staff there uh, directly under him, some of them undersecretaries. Uh, I, I actually believe uh, Seiki uh, was a, a good person, and and I believe he he got done under by by his own people that he had under him. Now uh, I don't know whether he picked him or he just carried him over from the last one. But no, he, uh, I think they were already there. Uh, yeah, I, I think they were part of the establishment, and and uh, actually they're uh, they they kept him shielded from from a lot of this stuff, of course. Uh, and you can't you can't run a organization if you don't know what's going on within it. Mm, it's true. And uh, he just didn't know. And that's his job to know. So uh, let, let's hope this guy here, this new one, uh, uh, can can fare a little better. He's going to have fare a lot better because there's uh, so many problems out there uh, with the claim side of it as well as the medical end of it. Uh, it, it it's unreal. It, it, well, it's... It's unbelievable in a lot of cases uh, where I was reading uh, uh, here yesterday where a lady got a letter in the mail from the VA and it was for her husband and uh, uh, she opened it up and they said, you know, he could call and make an appointment to get in to see a doctor. Well, he had been deceased for two years. He never did get into a VA doctor. He'd been trying to get into a VA doctor, and 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 uh, two years after his death, uh, uh, they sent a letter. Uh, how? I mean, what a bunch! What a bunch! Well, they don't. Uh, I guess they're not doing a very good job of coordinating and, and double checking who's alive and who has, who has passed away. Well, she said uh, uh, they even denied him burial. Uh, uh, he had that burial uh, thing they were supposed mm-hmm. to do, but they even denied that. She was fighting that, trying to get in for him. Hey, yep. Uh, well, that's, that's how it happens. He's got a veteran post the other day. He got a letter saying he was, that he was dead. That he's dead. Yeah, he said he was dead and cut off his benefits and everything. Him, him jumping up and down. <laughs> oh my land! That happens, you know. It's not doesn't happen every day, but it does happen. It's happened in the past. I've seen it several times. Yeah, I have uh, on had it there. Uh, uh, several. There's been several that uh, have received them and. Uh, and it's quite a chore. I mean, they got to really, well, you practically have to get a lawyer to prove your life. Yeah, it's a uh, bunch of red tape. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's really something. Now, I don't know who, uh, how in the world that, that could happen, but it, it sure does. That's why you I go to the store. with the same names out there, but they'd have different socials. Different uh, service numbers. That's when you go to the store and buy electrical tape. Most of the rows are black. Yeah. 
You can find some yellow and green every once in a while, but you can't find no red because it all goes to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that all goes to D.C. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's a catch-22. I mean, these folks uh, get these priority groups and higher groups, and they file a claim, and they want to get their claim processed. And the main reason they filed their claim is to get attention to get health care through the VA. And some of them guys are a little bit sick, so, you know, it depends on how long it takes them to do their delay and denying process. And they're fiddling around with the claim for a couple of years. That guy could pass away. And uh, all too many times they do. Uh, so it happens pretty regular. Uh, pretty regular. Two people die every hour. That's a lot of veterans. Yep, two die per hour. So when this show ends today, you can chalk two more up, two more deaths up. And some of them uh, never got a, a bit of uh, compensation from the VA. Mm-hmm, that happens. And, uh, happens to a lot of it. Over the years, I don't think we can count how many has passed on that never got a sip from the VA. That's true. Uh, and they were deserving, too. Yeah. There's a lot of them deserving that didn't make it, didn't do it. There's a lot of a lot of Vietnam vets out there that had heart attacks and died. And, uh, yeah, they were. And, didn't, uh, uh, PTSD did a number on them. Uh, yeah. And uh, chemical exposure, you know. Oh, yeah, rain and Agent Orange on them. Uh, Agent Orange and other chemicals they used over there. So, That's some dude named Charlie had in the trees, and he used an Agent Orange to defoliate the trees so they could see him. Yeah. 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 And so. uh, there's still... Just imagine how the veterans here have reactions to that agent order exposure. Just imagine how the people there in Vietnam are reacting to it. Oh, I understand it. It's uh, really uh, a bad deal there. They have so many deformities and and, uh, no telling how many of the population has died off. Joe, can you turn your volume up a little bit? Oh, well, I don't know. Is this? I'll talk up oh, yeah. a little better. Is that better? better? Yeah, you got a little. You started to fade out a little bit there, and I wanted to make sure everybody gets to hear you. Well, I, I'm getting weak. I haven't took my breakfast yet. Oh, <laughs> well, it's too early, huh? Well, no. I was fiddling around here. And, uh, uh, well, I just hadn't taken time. <laughs> she get busy doing nothing. And, uh, before you know it, the times went by, and, and uh, here we are. We're, we're ready to go on the show. Yeah, let me give you guys a couple of pointers about, uh, some stuff that I did on my trip, and that way I can, uh, you guys can, any veteran wants to go to D.C., and they should go to D.C., because um, <clears throat> there's a lot of history, you know, you've got the monuments and the museums, and, uh, you know, you've got the Capitol Mall, and you've got all the buildings, and it's just a beautiful place, uh, a very high secure place. There's a lot of people with a lot of, you know, there's a lot, a lot of security, and uh, we went. We stayed outside of D.C. We stayed in a little town in Maryland, and we took the subway into D.C., which is pretty cool. It was about a 20-minute ride, and uh, it would, we got off right at the archives building and walked over to the museums and just looked around. Um, we really liked the Air and Space Museum. They have a lot of good stuff in there. A lot, a lot of history. A lot of planes. Uh, uh, cut-out cabins and 747 cabins and things like that, and rockets and missiles and 
it's just a, you know it's a good history lesson. Uh, we went into the other museums. The American History Museum was pretty cool. It had a lot of stuff. And then they had the Natural History Museum, which uh, they're supposed to have a T-Rex, but I guess he was being rebuilt or something. So they had a bunch of dinosaurs and, you know, just naturalized history stuff. A lot of rocks and gold and diamonds and things like that. It's, you know, it's a good, interesting tour. But the one I really, you know, one I really liked was uh, the Air and Space Museum down next to Dulles. It's in Chantilly, Virginia. They filmed one of the... Uh, Transformer movies part of it there, which is the, I think it was the Revenge of the Fallen was the name of the movie, and uh, they had that uh, SR-71 Blackbird that was supposed to be a Decepticon. When you walk in at the museum, it's the first thing you see is that big thing sticking out there. It's pretty cool. And then you go around the museum, you see all the planes, a little over two planes, a lot of German aircraft. Uh, ME-262 was in the, that's in the first museum, but they had the the little jet that uh, Germany used toward the end of World War II had a single engine that took off on a, uh, I guess it had like a little uh, carriage. When it took off, the wheels fell off of it. And when they landed on their bellies, that little thing will fly. You know, it's a little bitty thing, but it's made to shoot down planes. Then they had uh, a lot of the modern aviation. They had uh, that prototype to the F-20 two there, I believe is what it was, and they had uh, F-14s and all the War II aircraft, Corsair, the P-47 Thunderbolt, but my two favorite uh, items there were 82, the Enola Gay, you know, big B-29, beautiful aircraft, and you don't realize how big these planes are until you're up right against them and see how they are. You know, you took some pictures and things, and then in the back of the building, they got a new exhibit that has been open not too long. You walk up on the catwalk and look down, and you're looking right in the right, straight face forward to the space shuttle Discovery. And uh, they put her in there, and we got to go around it. That's one big outfit. People don't think they're as big on TV, but you get next to one, that thing's massive. Did they have it where you could go in and look around? You can't get on the, the you can't get on the exhibits, but you can get close to them. Oh, yeah, they won't uh, let you get on them because I guess there's so much history involved. I guess if you had, uh, you know, if you were somebody, you'd probably go look at one like that. Um, the only place I've really ever seen a museum let you actually look at going aircraft is the Midway Museum in uh, San Diego. Yeah. You can go on the aircraft there. Uh, Michael got on and looked around and got on the aircraft playing, and it was pretty cool. But uh, we really liked the Nola Gaines Space Show. That was, that was probably the two highlights of the trip for, for me. And uh, that morning we went to the archives. And I'm going to give you guys a secret. If you're a disabled vet or retired military, uh, you got if you got a military ID card, uh, you go up to the archives on the back corner of the building. They've got a special events entrance. You show that military ID card. They put your whole party in front of the line. That line's long. Huh. Hmm. So I'd save a lot of standing in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't stand in line. That way you've got your military ID card to put you right in. A lot of museums do that. If there's a big line, you show ID card and you get to head of the line. Well, that's no, a that's a ben- yeah, it's a good benefit because and it's free. Every museum in D.C. is free that's owned by the Smithsonian. Well, there's only four museums you got to pay in D.C. You can go see the, uh, I guess, a place to make the money. And they take oh, money and shred it and make new dollars, yeah. Yeah, but if you want to go places like that, you want a White House tour, you're going to have to talk to your congressman to get, and you got to set it up that way because you just can't walk in. Oh. Yeah, but uh, stay outside of D.C. and ride the subway inside. You'll see a lot of interesting characters on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I bet you can. Really you do, buddy. You see a lot of interesting characters on the subway. We saw some stuff. It's pretty wild now.
Did they have them in uh, uh, those tunnels uh, where, or was this above ground subway? No, actually, uh, some of the places are above ground. Majority is below ground. I know a lot of them. Uh, when I was over in London, uh, they had these musicians all over the place uh, playing, you know, playing music, whether it be a violin or. Uh, oh yeah, we had those two. DC's got those two. They got a guy playing oh, trumpets and things like that. You got the panhandlers, yeah. Yeah, they, you got the free. Really good now. <laughs> yeah. That's one I enjoyed them. I I'd sit back and listen to them. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them are really good. Yeah, they had little cups in there too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. <laughs> and I didn't mind this old two or three cent then, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, now in the Air and Space Museum, if you eat lunch there, the food's pretty reasonable. They got a big old food court with all kinds of stuff, and it's not bad. Um, the other museums, the Natural History and the American History Museum, I guess they make their own food. And that place is really pricey, so I would do those in the morning, get out of there, and go eat somewhere else. What's yeah, that? but uh, now the subway pretty well, uh, it gets you within a, a reasonable walking distance of all those places, don't it? Um. Yeah, it puts you right up now. You know, you pick where you want to go, and uh, each subway exit's got its own, you know, generalized location area. Like you take it, uh, you ride to go to the archives, and you can get up, and you can go right there. You're right in front of the uh, uh, <clears throat> archives, which we did get to go inside and see the uh, Constitution and some other stuff, so it's pretty cool. Well, that would be nice, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but you got to keep the line moving. There's guards on it, too. Imagine there is. Yeah, and uh, they're nice people though. They treat us pretty good. And so you can see the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the De Declaration of Independence. Of course, they're faded pretty bad, but you know you got to be careful what you're, you know, seeing. Yeah. It's very thick. It's a very thick place. A lot of glass and things like that. You know, to look down on top of them. But now, overall, it was a good trip. The drive, if you live in the northern part of the country, it's a hard drive because of the mountains in Maryland and West Virginia. Yeah. That's a hard drive because it's, uh, them mountains are straight up and down. I pulled an RV, so it's, uh, it took a little extra time. But uh, it, it's a good trip. Well, you said it was four lane all the way up through there. It's four and six, yeah. It's all the way interstate. But, uh, That's something. I stopped off in the rest stop in the first part of Maryland and got a picture where the Ohio River starts. Yeah. And that was way up there. And you can see the river down at the bottom, but you're on top of a mountain. You can see for miles. That water looked just like Forrest Gump, that lake he ran by when he was running in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good trip, though. We enjoyed it. And I mean, it's something that I wanted to do for years. And uh, just had the opportunity to go and go do it. But uh, it's a pricey place, though, folks. Motown was pretty expensive in D.C. <clears throat> and uh, of course, they have a lot of good handicap accessible places too. You know, you can you can take your scooter or things like that on the subway, take the elevators up to the ramps and stuff. And uh, oh, that'd be yeah, it's got plenty of room. You know. And they, they, people even take their bicycles on the subway. Yeah. They pull in there and hold them, hold the wheel up, and sit there and wait. And they get off and ride their bike because they have to ride them. They can't ride them on the subway in the tunnel. They got to push them up to the escalator and then get on the road and ride them. You know. Yeah. And they got bike routes in the middle of the streets. You can ride a bike in the middle of the street, and there's separated lanes. You can ride segways in the middle of the street. There's a bunch of them I saw. It segues that two wheel deal that you stand up on. And uh, you're seeing Williams, Gerald? Uh huh. You're seeing a Segway? Oh, yeah, yeah, them two wheels. Yeah. Yep. I thought, I always thought them would be nice. They are nice. They're self balancing. They're pretty cool. Of 
course, they're not very, very fast, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, you know. they can uh, carry, it looked to me like they'd go a good walk, you know, a good fast walk. Yes. Well, segways. And I wonder how long them batteries last now. Don't know. I have no idea. I mean, we could look them up and see, but uh, I would say if man had one in him, would get shape. Yeah. Of course, if they last a few hours, you can, you know, negotiate pretty good. But uh, a couple of interesting places, too, in D.C. is the uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the Wall. That's a beautiful place. If you go to the Lincoln Memorial and you face the Lincoln Memorial, turn to your left, and just turn around and walk backwards, you run right into the wall. Oh, and yeah. We saw the Iwo Jima flag-raising monument, which is pretty cool. Well, um, that would be nice to go up and mm-hmm. see that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you see all kinds. You see the Arlington Cemetery. Now, it's probably better if you go going to the cemetery to take a tour because it's a lot of walking. And that's the tour bus capital of the world there, but there's tour buses leaving the stops every five minutes. And uh, they've even got double-decker buses like you got in London you can get on and go around and see the stuff. Oh, yeah? That, yeah. Now, to me, that would be the way to go. Mm-hmm. A lot These of are big, nice, big old nice buses. Big old nice buses. Well, we got on one bus and it took us to the station there, I guess it's called Union Station. Yeah. That place is huge. I mean, there's trains and everything in there, and then we changed buses and got into another bus and went around. And, uh, got searched in front of the White House, though. Oh, you did? They come on the bus, yeah, and they're looking at the seats and everything. Well, I'll be. Well, yeah. I can understand that, I guess. I think it was all for show. I think they had it worked out already to begin with, Gerald. Yeah. Go through the motions, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but uh, we stayed right next to the University of Maryland. And, uh, pretty nice little town. Pretty nice little town. We enjoyed it. That'd be an interesting place. It would be. It would be, of course, now. If you want to see history, that's what you see. Uh... If you can't make it to D.C. and you like aircraft museums, if you live in the northeast part of the country, maybe in uh, from Ohio to Indiana to Illinois, or maybe Pennsylvania and places like that, and you want to see some history, and you don't want to go down to D.C., head over to Dayton, Ohio, to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. They've got the Air Museum there, too, and... Uh, the sister airplane to the Nola Gay is called Boxcar. You know what Boxcar is famous for, Gerald? No, what's it famous for? Well, Nola Gay dropped the nuclear bomb on Hiroshima, right? Yeah. Boxcar is the one that dropped it on Nagasaki. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, it's at Rat Patterson. And it's just, you know, our history is our history. Yeah, it's important. Uh, you know, all through school, that was one thing I hated was history. And and then as as I got older, I realized <laughs> how important history really is. Uh, yes. Because you can look back at this day and age, uh, uh, just look back 50 or 60 years, and you can see how much... Uh, uh, history has has affected things. And, That's true. Uh, in a way, it manipulates the future. Uh, the history does. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, I mean, it's look what look how many people died for what we have today. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, the wars and. Uh, the history of wars is to be studied. 
I think is really intriguing because uh, it, it's always one tire and over another, and and as a rule, the people just change tyrants mm-hmm. throughout history. And, uh, well, that's one thing about it. You know what history is, don't you? Well, history is is. Is going to be uh, actually, uh, they say history repeats itself. So it does, but history is time. Time, yeah. you know, it's what happened in the past. Of course, you know, time is a time is a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's the only thing it really doesn't stop. And eventually, it's all going to work against us, anyways. You know, so it's a. Uh, well, you, know, you can look at economics, and you can look at the wars, and everything going on today uh, all reverts back. It, it it got its genesis back in the in the history in our history, and uh, for some reason, uh, uh, people don't seem to learn from history. No, people are there. Some people are wrapped up in their own world. They don't really step back to look at it, you know. And then there's a lot of people just don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you got a lot of issues now. Nowadays, it's getting crazy. I mean, crime's running pretty bad in places, you know, and the history now, things are being made, and it's just uh, it's pretty wild. So, you know, time is a bad thing. It's a bad thing for a lot of folks. If you're sick and disabled, like uh, you know, most veterans, most a lot of had it veterans are, you know, times against you, anyways. Yes, so, you are. You know, and uh, it's good to go see things like that and appreciate, you know, the history. And, and you, know, you see a lot better of better understanding of it. Uh, yeah, but uh, and if you like, uh, I know you like prospects and things like that, Gerald. You, you would really enjoy that one museum. Cause they've got all kinds of. They've got, man. They got some gold in there that's huge. I imagine they do. Big old nuggets, and uh, some were found in Pennsylvania and this other places, you know. But uh, it's a good place to take the kids, you know, and things like that. Now the kids need to be old enough to understand, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's not a very good place. They don't have too many playgrounds for little kids, but. Uh, uh, you know, but it's factors they had to be a tough breed. I just for like me, uh and to be uh most of them uneducated, you know. They weren't really educated. Uh to go out there and and find that gold and silver mm-hmm. uh like they did. Uh of course Back then, I guess it was more plentiful or easier to find. Mm-hmm. It had to be right. for me to find it anyway. Okay, let's take a break and pay some bills there. All right. Let's wake stretch up. <laughs> You're listening to the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. Not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Okay, let's uh, welcome back, folks. Let's uh, switch gears here and get off the uh, history lesson for today. Let's uh, get back to our main calls, and that's the VA Department of Veteran Affairs. And uh, we're not going to do any uh, complaining today, I guess. We're going to uh, uh, get back focused on... Uh, the claims process. And I think we should. I mean, this is uh, we've been uh, discussing these other issues going on now for over a month, and uh, things are kind of quieting down, which is the normal situation. So, I want to go through Basher's steps to your claim. Um, and when you file your claims and things like that, and uh, the first thing you need to know, step one. It's when you're ready to file a claim, you got to have an understanding of what's wrong with you. 
if you don't understand it, get somebody to explain it to you in layman's terms. You know, uh, of course, the medical field uses a lot of big words, and uh, you know, we're all regular people here. You know, we're we're educated to a point, but you know, you start having these problems, and you look up some of these big long words, and it kind of throws you for a loop. So the first thing you do is know what's wrong with you when you file your claim. Before you file your claim, matter of fact, you know, know how to word it correctly. Um, and these steps makes your process easier because it uh, cuts out a lot of confusion. And believe me, this organization relies on confusion and chaos. And so we need to uh, streamline our claims the best way possible and have it as simple as possible so they'll understand that basically it's like doing their job for them. And uh, the new fully developed claims process is a very good tool. You know, it helps a veteran. I think we've had some good results with mm-hmm. that uh, fully developed claim, haven't we, John? I, I think a few, and not as many as I was hoping to see. Yeah. Well, a lot of claims are filed fully developed, but... Uh, what I've been seeing is uh, there's a certain level of complexity involved with the claim, and then people start sending more stuff in, and a lot of times these claims get kicked out of the full developed claims process and go into the regular claims mill. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, they send it in as a fully developed claim, and, and as it turns out, all of a sudden you say, oh, I forgot about this or that or I'm going to submit a uh, amendment or or yep. something, and uh, that automatically takes it out of the uh, fully developed claim stage. That's true, and it's just all warranties implied are gone, right? So, like I say, first know exactly what's wrong with you and have your ducks in order before you file your claim. And uh, uh, I would recommend uh, uh, to have an IMO be certain to have an IMO when you file a claim. Get a doctor's uh, statement, uh, a good IMO or or IME is better. Uh, it's imperative, actually. I mean, you need to, um, you know, of course now if you've got the VA doctor that's working with you and things like that and you file your claim and you have all the records, um, you're pretty much in, you know, in the game yeah. as far as, say, um, if you've got a little complexity and issue there involved and you've got a couple of doctors saying different things, it's time to get it ironed out and get an IMO. Um, of course, you know, we know the IMO docs out there, and we have a couple on the show every once in a while that, that really uh, are really good at what they do because, well, like Dr. Bash, for example, you know, he's a little bit of, he's expensive in what he does, but there's no other doctor that knows the system as well as he does. So. He does write a very good IMO, uh, and he'll do an IME also. He travels. So. Yeah, he'll fly in. and It's not easy for him to fly either. He's a disabled veteran himself. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, he's in a wheelchair, so he'll come in and examine you too. And, you know, that's a pretty good deal because a lot of – they try to discount a lot of stuff, you know, and if you get an IME, it helps you out a whole lot. Um, and he'll do an iPhone deal. Uh uh, yeah, he will. For uh, the FaceTime. That's FaceTime. FaceTime. Yeah, it's a high definition look at uh, you. You know, because it's hard. You can't do something like on Skype because Skype's not a very good quality program. You know, as far as doing things yeah. like that, you need something. But he can do it on thing. an iPhone, I think. Yep. Now, step two in your claims process: once you get your claims ready to file, representation. Okay, they'll ask you if you want a representation representative for your claim, which is a veteran service officer. You know, VSOs um, are good. What they do, there's a lot of folks that are really, really good, and there's a lot of folks that aren't very good. So you have to be wise in choosing a veteran service officer. Okay, um, you can... Maybe go talk to them, interview them, and things like that, or talk to people that use certain BSOs and get, you know, get a grassroots word of mouth. Maybe you can find somebody that way. Um, these guys are supposed to be trained pretty good in what they do. 
uh, you can use one. Uh, you about, just about have to use one until you get a denial, you know, on your claim. The uh, majority of claims are denied. And when you get your denial letter, you know, you're like, oh, no, what did I do wrong? Well, it's not really what you did wrong. It's just that the system is working against you. And uh, it's kind of like Social Security, you know, they'll deny, deny, and deny. But eventually you'll get your claim awarded if it's, you know, if it's not so complex or there's not black ops involved and like that, you know, well, they'll stick you in limbo for 20 years. But uh, you get a denial letter. Upon the receipt of that denial letter, it's time to get real representation. And the best way to do that is get somebody licensed to argue in court. You know, there are several good attorneys out there that do this. It's going to cost you some money. But uh, believe me, the pro bono you pay to have a retro check, you don't visit that bad. Yeah, I'll charge you the standard fee that they're allowed to charge is 20%. Now, right. less. You know, it depends on your claim. It can be less. Uh, but uh, that's seems to be the norm, 20%. It can be a lot less. I mean, it depends on the attorney, too. You know, because there's a lot of good attorneys out there. You know, we really can't go forth and recommend one because each situation is different as to where you are, you know, and where you live in the country. You know, we've got something we can recommend, but, you know, you just have to mess around with had it and things like that and kind of look and see who's what and who's where, you know. Yeah, and just because one attorney turns you down don't mean another one won't take your cat claim. Uh, some of them specialize in, uh, in uh, certain certain categories, so uh, you want to keep that in mind. Uh, don't get discouraged because one attorney turns you down. Yeah. Well, a lot of them like to cherry pick too and try to get the slam dunks. It's pretty easy to fix. That's true, and you know they got to make eleven too. But uh, I still think that uh, they shouldn't be so picky. So picky. Uh, but that's just me because that's where I feel about it. That's true. I mean, we had what Bob Bob Walsh was on last week. Yes. Yeah. So. And uh, he was working on the Roberts case. Uh, I'm sure most of you are familiar with it, where he got accused of uh, prodding the system, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually spent some time in jail, did he? He actually he did spend some time in jail. Yeah. And uh, I think they have him out of jail now. Oh, he's been out for a while. Yeah, and uh, uh, his claims up in front of the judge, it it uh, it looked pretty positive for him. Uh, I, I believe uh, in the long run he, he is going to win his claim, uh, his case. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but look what they did to him. I mean, that's pretty, pretty sad. Oh, it's a sad deal. Mm-hmm. That's the way the VA is, so uh, be careful when you're dealing with the VA. Uh, be as straightforward and honest and document everything you possibly can. And uh, still, uh, uh, well, if you have everything properly documented, uh, that should keep you out of trouble. It's where there's, uh, they get suspicious of this or that. And and although uh, they're in control of all the records and paperwork and they have this information, uh, for some reason they have a tendency to lose a lot of paperwork and documents. And that's where the poor veteran gets in trouble. Yeah, yeah, usually times they'll have it in the file and they'll make copies of the file and 
there's writing on both sides of the page, and they miss that second page, you know. Yeah. Uh, be certain, everyone, this is for everyone out there, keep paper copies of everything. I mean, unless you're a uh, computer whiz and you have a backup for your computer, then you can digitize it all. But if you like me, you better have a hard copy. Hopefully you can find it <laughs> I, uh, when you need it. But uh, uh, make copies of everything, and, and, and you cannot be too cautious. Be certain you have everything copied, and I recommend having a hard copy. Uh, I know there's a lot that don't. If you get into a hearing or something like that or in a court setting situation, you've got your copies, and, you know, you see what they've got. And if they got a bunch of missing documents in the official file because they made a copy and they get the second page, then documents are illegal to use. Because it's not a complete file. That's the situation. It's not a complete folder, so you have to make sure that everything is complete. Of course, before you go to the BBA or the court, anyway, they're supposed to uh, sit down and reconcile everything, make sure all the copies are there, and organize it really well. And but you can't organize something that's not there, right? That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I would really recommend is. Uh, Get a copy of your C file, your claims folder. <clears throat> I get a copy of that bad boy. You need to do up front, don't you, John? Mm-hmm. Well, no, you don't want to. You don't want to uh, delay your claim. You want to go ahead and file your claim first, because you want you want your clock ticking. Yeah. Because time works against you, so you have you know you need to go ahead and realize that let's get it filed. You've got a year to put your your documentation in. Yeah. Uh, get a file. Get that C file. That uh, that will help you a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot more than you think. A lot more than you think. Yep, so. And if you know there's things missing in that C file, you can question that. But uh, yes. uh, there will be documentation in that C file that you can utilize. Almost in every case, I would think, wouldn't you, John? Well, when you get your C file and start reading back, you know, it also refreshes your memory and puts you back in the time when things actually happen. Uh, that's you start true. seeing, that's you know, true. and you, I know people that's done that and actually found other things. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Um, we've had several HADIT members uh, done that say, I'd forgotten all about this. Yeah, you do. I mean, you have to look at it. And, of course, it takes, you know, again, it takes time to look at everything. Um, I do recommend once you get it done and filed, I recommend you stepping back for a while, taking a break from it. Because when you go back to it, after you take your break, you find other stuff. Take another break and you go back and find more stuff. Uh, uh, you're right. I know. From a personal fact, I know this because once I filed my initial claim years ago, I became obsessed with this process and you start reading and reading and reading and I spent six or seven hours a day in front of the computer just reading and memorizing and reading so you know fortunately the computer is a big asset to anyone that has one that can look this stuff up if you know if if you don't have a computer or you're not very computer wise I'm sure you have somebody in the family that can help you that's computer wise because every household has at least one person that's how to use a computer now, just about. And this day and age, it's extremely difficult to try to do a claim without the aid of a computer. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but right. it, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Yep. Uh, you can go through a lot of information pretty quick, and and if you have a program that will summarize for you, uh, 
that's helpful too. That cuts down on on the uh, reading you need to do. But uh, yeah. uh, you need to go through that C file at least three times. Yes. Uh, and you'll be amazed. If something will click, uh, even though you went, you read it before, and finally something will click. Oh, I remember now. You know, it, like John said, it just refreshes your memory, and, and it, uh, things you'd forgotten about. Uh, uh, you know, it, it'll bring it back out. Yep. Now, I want to give you guys a tip on something. Say you get all this information around your house, and, uh, you know, and of course, these houses are wood structures, and, you know, you have a lot of natural disasters like tornadoes, floods, and things like that, and fires. Um, your best investments you can ever make for your family's safety and for your files and things like that is to go out here to uh, a sporting goods store, order it online, pick you up an executive safe or a gun safe, a tall one, make sure it's fireproof and waterproof, and put it in the house. Set your combination on it, put your stuff in there. I, I really agree with that because uh, that is so important. I'm telling you, uh, even if you have it on digital uh, uh, file, uh, fire can certainly wipe you out. Another and little secret: if you've got digital records like computer CDs and discs, <clears throat> get you one of those Century carry safes that are fireproof too. And put that safe inside the other safe. Yeah. It double protects it. Yeah. You know, uh, you got to make sure your records and documents are. Are safe, especially when you're doing the claim process. You know, keep that stuff on file at all times. So you never know when you're going to need it. And when you pass on, you know, that'd be something maybe your family can look at and help remember you and stuff with too. Because so. without documentation, the VA will deny everything. Yep. And uh, be certain. Once you get your hands on them documents, uh, you you guard them with <laughs> like Fort Knox uh, because uh, many times they're irreplaceable and and you don't want to lose them. You don't want them getting destroyed in a fire or a flood. Uh, having one of those safes uh, might seem like quite an expense, but it, it really isn't, it, it, uh, and you'll be surprised at the amount of data that you gather up in support of your claim. Uh, yep. And the most important, most important thing there is on your claim too is when you file your claim. Say you get denied, maybe they couldn't find your records or whatever. And uh, you know, always keep the appeal process going. Don't ever, you know, they'll give you time limits on certain things and do not ever miss a time limit. Um, you can look at that and having a working or a good knowledge of the Title 38 CFR Part 3 and Part 4 as far as the adjudication process and the schedule for rating disabilities, which is Part yeah. 4. You know, know what your issue is and know what the rating is supposed to be. Um, the Part 3 explains how to get the rating and the Part 4 tells the ratings. Read that stuff, um, get a good idea of it, you know. And uh, the VA also has a uh, working copy. It's a, I kind of look at things from a quality assurance standpoint, and uh, there's like each uh, controlling factor, like the Title 38 is the controlling factor because it's the law. And the Part 3 and the Part 4 of the Code of Federal Regulations, they would call that Level 1 because that's the guidelines for them to use. Uh, there's also a level two or level B that the VA uses called the M21, which is their working manual, and it basically tells them how to do their job, you know, how to do everything. Uh, the Title 38 is the law, which 
is the boss document. The secondary document is the M21. The Title 38 takes precedent over that because it is law. You know, the M21 is just basically a working 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 copy, and it's you know if they violate the M21, it's hard to do anything. Usually, if they violate the Title 38, it's a that's, that can be a, you know grounds for claim if you ever need one in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're going to find out that this is going to be a real educational experience. Very educational experience. And uh, if you have a, you know, uh, even a grade school kid or child or a high school child or someone in your family, uh, that can work with you and help you that to make it uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot easier. Uh, and uh, uh, even uh, another veteran uh, to bounce, uh, used as a bouncing board, you know, what, what do you think about this or that or uh, can be helpful? Uh, well, one adage that I use also is there's a website on the, on, on the computer that actually it's 11,000 members strong now called hadit.com and uh, folks listening you're not a member of hadit.com go ahead and register for the site because this is a <clears throat> it's a gold mine because 11,000 members have a lot of issues and uh, it's pretty pretty common to see one or two people with your same issues you've had and it's kind of a grassroots thing you know and you kind of uh, if you post something on there Somebody will jump in and help you. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, yeah, you cannot go wrong. If you have a veteran's issues, or you just want to stay up with veteran's issues, uh, com is certainly the place to go. Uh, usually, the, uh, I mean, the information there is scrutinized over and over and over. So, as a rule, you're going to get the straight of it. And uh, they have a lot of forms uh, that you need if you're filing claims and what have you, mm-hmm. or, or adding to your claim and supporting your claim. Uh, you can get the forms right there on Hadit, and they have uh, uh, you have access to the 38 CFRs. need access to all this data and it's on one place. Uh, you can go to had it there and it's all in one place. It, it really does help. And you never know when you might run across someone that was in the uh, has the same situation you do and and uh, possibly you can exchange information back and forth that can be helpful. Well Drew, looks like we've got about a minute and thirty seconds left, so I tell you, time time flies to having fun. This this hour has really went by. Yeah, it's zipped right on by. Um, but uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, too bad we didn't have any callers today, but this is kind of a, you know, we're usually on every Wednesday anyways at about 10, 10 o'clock Eastern, but uh, we want to make sure that uh, people know the show's going on and get the word out. Um, we try to get the best information possible, you know. We don't... Uh, we don't dabble off into politics and religion, you know. We just try to keep straight to the facts and to helping the veteran get things lined out because if it wasn't for our veterans, folks, we wouldn't be here. Or yeah. we may be here, but we'd probably be speaking Japanese or German more. Yeah, that's for sure. Eating sauerkraut uh, in the winter, Tinsel. You know, it. Uh, We've got to take care of our veterans, and everyone out there knows uh, we have a bunch of them coming in from the Middle East now, and and uh, we have to help guide them. Uh, yep, so stay, stay tuned for another exciting chapter of the SVR, the Had It Radio Show, because that will be part of the issues in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Gerald, yeah. buddy, we're out of time. I appreciate you helping me host the show today. Well, um, I appreciate uh, being on. I'm, I'm glad, and I hope someone uh, 
learned a little something, although we might be... You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show.